This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 278 with Heather Chauvy. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned and any discount codes for our sponsors can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 278. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. This episode of the Shameless Mom Academy is brought to you by BarkBox. Heather Chauvy has been named the next generation's thought leader in parenting and women's leadership. Her mission is to crack women open to their deep potential and help them create the life their soul craves. Heather is the creator of the new and noteworthy podcast, The Mom is in Control, and has been featured on the OWN Network, The Huffington Post, TV outlets, and many other places. Through her courageous rewrite initiative, Heather gives voice to many humans who courageously took inspired action to create lives they're proud of. With wit and wisdom, Heather inspires a global community of women to take back control of their lives and evolve how they lead, work, play, and parent. Listen in to hear Heather share why she's actually excited to have her mom move in with her despite their challenging past, how she almost took her own life and then almost had her life taken from her. Why you need to focus on energy management and not time management. Why you need to slow down in order to speed up. The phases of survival into momentum, into thrival, into creative abundance, and how they can touch different areas of your life. 
and the power for you in giving your child a safe place to experience any emotion. I love this conversation with Heather. I was an honor to have her here to talk. And I feel like we just touched on a lot of really deep, powerful things. So I think you're going to get a lot out of this and you might want to take a few notes. So let's go ahead and dive in with Heather Chauvie. Heather Chauvie, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here. I am so excited, Sarah. Thank you. So in advance of this, I did some stalking as one does and watched your TED Talk twice and listened to you on Andrea Owen's podcast, Your Kick-Ass Life. So I feel sufficiently prepared. I love it. I like it when people stalk me. I know. (laughs) This is what I tell people. I'm like, feel free to stalk me. Like it is an honor to be stalked. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So the hazard of stalking is that you find all these things you want to talk about. So there's so many things I want to cover today. But before we dive into all the good stuff, I want you to tell us what you're most excited about in your life right now and some of the dynamics beyond your bio and your personal and professional life. Yeah. So I'm like, what am I excited about? I feel like it (laughs) depends on the day. But okay, I'll tell you this. I've done a lot of mommy healing. My mother is moving in with us. We are building a mother-in-law suite on our house and she's moving in. And that is a big, big move. And I have to say for the first time in my life, I am excited to live with my mother. Yeah, that's a big one. So I feel like we need to dive into this a little because people listening probably fall into one of two camps. They're either like, that would be amazing. My mom's my best friend. Or people are like just dying thinking of it and thinking Mm -hmm. that that could be like their worst nightmare. So tell us a little bit more about being excited about living with your mom. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll probably dive into this in my story of like how I got to where I am and doing what I'm doing. I mean, my whole brand is called Mom is in Control and what I do. Growing up, me and my mother, she was a single parent. I did not enjoy her as a human being. She, I would say, was the opposite of everything I wanted in a mother, meaning just not able to emotionally connect You know, I was struggling. I was depressed as a teenager. I had no motivation to get out of bed, no motivation to do anything. I was just mad at the world. I didn't know why. I had my first son when I was 18 and he was my motivation for life. You know, my sense of purpose, right? Why not find purpose in children? (laughs) Yeah, I giggle because I'm sure we'll get more into that. (laughs) Yes, yes. But the conversation about my mother was I really needed to heal that wound to let go of a lot of anger and resentment that I had towards her of like, I am this way because of you Mm -hmm. and realizing that she did the best that she possibly could. I would not be who I am today without her. Every time I would be triggered by a behavior, you know, she would come over and something would happen. I'd be like, oh, I would just get so angry. Now when she enters my home, I can greet her with this sense of, like gratitude, like deep, deep gratitude that even though my mother couldn't emotionally show up for me, she never gave up on me. And it just inspires me to, you know, become the mother that I needed when I was a child, but also become the woman who I think we really need to become in the world. So her and I had, of course, I had this conversation with my husband too, and I have three boys or we have three boys. And yeah, it's just her and I, she lives by herself. So I'm like, mom, why, you know, you're going to retire next year and you want to move and downsize. Why don't you just invest, you know, what you have in your home 
in our house and come live with us and you can have your own kitchen, your own space and everything. And we'll just kind of be neighbors. And we talked about it, talked about like if we're going to kill each other or not. And (laughs) we both agreed that, you know, put up boundaries and stuff. And in my gut feels really, really good. And it's kind of interesting to go full circle to heal your mother wounds and being able to be in the same space with this woman who gave me life. And yes, she wasn't a perfect mother or perfect person, but I definitely, I just wouldn't be where I am today without her. And I feel like it's now my obligation to, yeah, she's part of the reason why I do what I do. Like legacy wise, like knowing, okay, you didn't teach me how to become a, you know, successful business person. You didn't even teach me how to like wake up and feel energized. You didn't, you know, show me what it meant to live a life on purpose. You didn't show me how to work through my fear. You showed me how to live in fear, (laughs) but you really gave me the motivation to keep pushing forward. And for that, I just owe her gratitude for giving me life. So yeah, it's a very weird feeling. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Have you guys done work together to like rehabilitate your relationship or has it been pretty much like you doing it on your own? I wouldn't say consciously, When we were younger, I remember going to therapy with my mom and then also seeing other people who had, you know, the teenage female, right, (laughs) who had the conflict with their mothers and their mothers would never go to therapy with them. So I gave her huge props for that, like just sitting in a therapist's office where the therapist could call her out on her stuff. Mm. And I'm like, wow, I finally feel seen and heard like this person gets me. I'm not crazy because of X, Y, Z. And then watching her like open up a little bit. And then actually through my work helping women, It was one of the first retreats that I did. It was in California. So it was an international retreat. And she was one of the participants. I was like, Mom, you should come to this retreat because I'm the rescuer. Now I'm the recovering rescuer. (laughs) And I said, you should do this. You should do this. And she came and she wasn't the same person ever since. And it was interesting to watch her grow and evolve. She's definitely not as open to suggestions and things, you know, the lifestyle that I live. Mm. But just watching her crack open and tap open a little bit has been magical. So it's been unintentional. That's so interesting. And I really, really love that we touched on this, which was completely unexpected when I sent you our interview questions and everything. But I love this idea and this topic because I think that Sometimes I can relate to this other end of the spectrum. Sometimes it's easier to sever ties and not work through things. And it's so hard to know which way is the right way to go. And listening to this, listening to you share this really helps me see a little bit of a different side in some of my own family dynamics. And I think that it offers hope for people who I think a lot of people can relate to having, you know, a struggling relationship, whether it's with a parent or a sibling or someone close in their family. And so I just really appreciate you kind of walking us through that. I think it's really helpful for people who might feel hopeless in a relationship and think that they don't know how to find a place for it to be meaningful and feel connected again. So thank you so much. Yeah. And I just want to add to that. I mean, there's times when to sever ties and there's times to reconnect. And it's such an intuitive process. And, you know, there's different states of vulnerability per se or different states of transformation where sometimes I see when people are working through things like, 
I can't be in the world right now. Like I feel so naked and vulnerable and I'm trying to mother myself and nurture myself. Like I feel like a newborn baby that I'm so susceptible to you know, disease and viruses and right. quote unquote people's energy. And I said, it's okay. Like we all have seasons in our life where we need to hibernate and then we need to be visible and we need to be seen. And it's literally taken decades and decades and hundreds of thousands of hours of personal work that I've needed to do to just meet my mother where she's at. And there was definitely moments and times where like we didn't talk. And I have other family members like that as well, where I know it's healthiest if we do not connect. And then sometimes all of a sudden energy shifts and you don't know why. But the number one, you know, if someone had to think of that and go, oh, well, okay, I just need to run towards something and it will get better. The number one thing is to surrender that I literally have no expectation, meaning if I'm doing the work going, oh, if I just meditate, you know, for a thousand hours, then my relationship will be better. Or if I just work out, then I'll have the nice ass. Or if I just do this, then this will happen where I literally just have no expectation of any other human being at this point in my life, which sounds awful. And everything that comes back to me is just a gift. Does that make sense? That could be like really bad. <laughs> no, I mean, not that's... that I do have any expectation. It's just like a healthy detachment, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And I think that that like, it gives you that safe place to be like, open, but also protected. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And they're specifically designed to combat 
chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. Which I think is probably maybe, you know, an appropriate balance. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I love that. I think there means so many great nuggets in there in terms of wherever someone might be right now in these relationships. So that was really helpful. So I thought that my next question was going to be where we got deep, but we already got deep. (laughs) I told you, I'm like, I like to go deep. I love going deep. It's so, so great. And I so appreciate people who are willing to go there quickly and easily. So let's just kind of keep going on this trajectory. And I know that there have been two kind of major defining events in your life. I mean, there's probably been more than just two, but there's two that kind of go hand in hand in an interesting way. And so I know that at a point in your life, you almost took your life. And then at another point in your life, you almost had your life taken from you. And can you talk about those experiences and how they have impacted who you are today and really put you into the position that you are in today? Yes. So I kind of gave a little hint to this, but as a teenager, I didn't understand mental health. I didn't understand energy. I didn't understand myself. I didn't have any role models around me who lived a healthy lifestyle. And I was chronically fatigued, not realizing that that was either something going on in my body and that was just a sign or a symptom. Anxiety, depression, didn't even know what anxiety or depression was. And as a result, just had no motivation or passion to exist on this earth. Didn't even have a sense of purpose. And I didn't really, well, I was going to say, did I attempt it? I wasn't into drugs or alcohol or anything like that. I just, my drug of choice was sleep. I'm like, let's just sleep this away so the pain goes away. But I remember one night, and I don't know if you've figured this out while you were stalking me, but I remember (laughs) one night. I was like, okay, tomorrow's the day. I don't know how I'm going to end my life, but I'm going to do it. And I was in, I believe, grade nine geography class. And it's almost like I could remember it. And I remember raising my hand, asking the teacher to go to the washroom. And he let me go, which was really weird because he never let anyone go to the washroom. And I'm walking down the hallway and I'm bawling my eyes out and there's nobody in the hallway. And I remember thinking to myself, like, how am I going to kill myself tonight? And this voice 
Okay. And I grew up Roman Catholic. I did not believe in voices because <laughs> I was a sinner for like doing anything. And I grew up Roman I, Catholic as well. I can totally oh relate. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Okay. That's another conversation. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm just open right now. I'm just open. God, universe, source, angels, crickets. I don't know. I just <laughs> anything nature, right? Just watching the signs and going go with the flow. There's something bigger than me it's always refining. So I remember it was like, Heather, do not end your life tonight. You have a big purpose. And this voice was like, not the monkey mind. It was a deeper knowing. And it shook me for some reason. Like it was like, just keep going, keep going, keep going. So then I didn't end my life. I was just crying because I wanted the pain to go away so bad, so bad. And I just kept sleeping and sleeping and sleeping. And I met a boy and got pregnant not intentionally, and then gave birth to my son. And the second I gave birth to my son, I thought, oh my gosh, I need to figure out how to live. Like I need to figure out how to be alive, like how to feel alive because I never want to become a statistic. Like that was just my motivation. I will never become a statistic. And he is now my purpose. So I would get up for him. I would go to school for him. I would, you know, figure out, I'd work out for him. I would eat for him. Like everything I did was for this child. And so I, that was my entry into motherhood, which was my purpose is to be a mother. Like talk about going to school with vomit in your hair, being like, I smell like baby vomit. Look at me. I'm amazing. I'm super mom. Like I didn't take a shower in a week. That's okay. And lethargic, like ridiculousness. And I just thought that that's what it meant, you know, was to be because I was looking around going, everyone else is tired. Okay, cool. Check. I got this parenting thing down pat. And, you know, moving forward, moving forward, fast forwarding, end up, I'm a social worker working in child protection in this government bureaucracy. And I'm like, not this. My soul is telling me you cannot be here for 30 years, Heather. And it just ached and ached and ached. So then... I decided, oh, what's this coaching thing, right? Like I started investing in myself in personal development and conscious business. And oh my gosh, my first coach was amazing. And one of the first like videos I watched of her, she was wearing ripped jeans. And I was like, you can wear ripped jeans while you're talking about business. I want to be your friend. You don't have to wear a Way suit better than and- social work. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, you don't have to be somebody you're not. You don't have to put on this mask and pretend to be somebody you're not out in the world. Like I want to learn more about this. And so I went down that path about like loving yourself. And, you know, she was big on like self-care and I'm like, oh, self-care is selfish. Mm -hmm. And so I started tapping into this. And as I'm building my business, I'm literally doing the hashtag hustle right? What everyone teaches you. And now it's funny because watching the industry, you see, oh, we're all burnt out. Oh, now less is more. Less. I'm like, no shit, Sherlock. Like, hello, people. You see extremes, right? You Mm -hmm. see this in in food. You see this in everywhere. And then they'll be like, oh, now people aren't doing anything. Well, we need to bump it up a little bit. It's like, just follow your heart, follow your intuition. So I was doing everything in my power to like, go, 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 go. And a lot of it was based out of fear because, you know, my husband wasn't making a lot of money and everything was put on me. It wasn't sustainable. It wasn't sustainable. And I was doing a lot in my business that, you know, didn't need to be done. It wasn't high leverage action, blah, blah, blah. Right. Right. So then my body 
talk about the universe giving you signs. My body is starting to show me signs and symptoms that it's sick. And I'm like, yes, but I don't have time. I don't have time for myself. I don't have time for the shit. I don't have time to go to the doctor. So I go to the doctor and my abdomen is swollen. Oh, and then I'm thinking to myself, oh, I have a gluten allergy. Go to the emergency room. They literally do a CT and blood work in the eMERGE, Sarah, and tell me I have cancer. Mm. And while they do this, you want to know the creepy part? What? My gut says, you already knew this, Heather. It was confirmation. Wow. I already knew I, I already knew I had cancer. It reminded me of that voice. You know when someone gives you permission to do something you've been wanting to do and they're like, go do that thing and you're like, okay, yeah, this feels good. I knew that. Right. Not that cancer felt good, but it was like, thank you. I knew something was wrong and I thought it was cancer. So was that unconscious or conscious? That you thought that you had cancer or that you knew that you had cancer? It was unconscious. And then when she told me, it was like it bubbled up to the surface. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I already knew this. So it reminded me again about the power of intuition Mm -hmm. and, you know, female intuition and your gut and that knowing and really listening to what your soul is craving. And then I was like, okay, I got stage one. No big deal right? Like I can beat this, whatever. No, Heather, you have a stage four (gasps) rapid growing cancer. If you do not get chemo this weekend, you will die. And I'm like, okay, they're just instilling the fear of me. I've watched all those documentaries. (laughs) And then I'm like, I've seen the Lifetime movie. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I'm like, you know what? Green smoothies at this point are not going to save my life. And yes, in hindsight, could I have traveled to Mexico to some like alternative whatever or somewhere? Probably. But my health was no longer in a like, what do you call it? Survival state. It was like crisis. Yeah. Like it was like, OK, you have broken bones sticking through your legs. I right. think it's broken. <laughs> Not, oh, my leg hurts. Right? right. Like I neglected my body for so long. That's like, Heather, you've let this go. Like you are going to die. And. So at that point, I'm like, okay, the fear, your biggest fear, fear of death, right? Mm -hmm. It's in my face. And I'm thinking to myself, hmm, interesting. Uh, For so much of my life, I wanted to die. So much of my life, I didn't know what my purpose was. And now the universe is kind of going, here, here's an easy out. You want to die? Just give up. Don't try so hard, right? And it was like calling me out on my bullshit. And I fought to figure out how to feel alive. What was your emotional state? Like, were you panicky, distraught, you know, like terrified? Or were you able to be like, you sound so rational the way you're talking through it right now. And I'm wondering, Mm -hmm. were you rational in it? Or did you have like this moment of hysteria? And then you pulled yourself into a rational place? both. So at first, it's interesting how you show up in those moments, right? Because at first, I was like, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And then it was like, Heather, everyone in your life depends on you. What are you going to do about this? And so I remember listening to Abraham Hicks meditations. There was one about like your physical body. And if you're not familiar with Abraham Hicks, she or he or whoever Abraham is, the voice is all about like positive thinking, right? Mm -hmm. Like the power of belief. So 
this meditation was like, your body is healing itself. Trust the process. Like it knows what to do. And I listened to it on repeat over and over and over again for probably about 48 hours, like straight. And I really had to reprogram my brain to trust my body, to trust the process, to have faith in life. And so I would sit with the fear and then I'm like, are you dying? No, you're not dead in this moment. You're alive. So what are you going to do about it? So I had to ask myself, how do I want to feel? I'm a huge lover of Danielle Laporte and the desire map. And it's a lot of the work that I teach women is like, how do you want to feel in your life? I want to feel alive. I want to feel strong. I want to feel connected. Okay, cool. So crying on the floor in fetal position, thinking you're going to die is probably the opposite of feeling alive, right? So I would have my moments of, you know, cried out, let that emotion process through your body. And then I would stand up, pull my big girl pants on, wipe my tears and be like, what are you going to do today to feel alive? So I might go for a walk with my kids. I might eat some really healthy food, not like dead food, right? Like not like yucky, awful food that just wouldn't feel good in my body. But of course I went through chemo and there was like four or five months where my energy was very, very low. And I had to just ask myself, what do I want? How do I want to feel? And just little subtle things like people that would enter my room or my house, I could immediately feel their energy. And I'm like, oh, they're treating me like I'm dying. Mm-hmm. I'm like, get out of my house. Yeah. Get out of my house. I'm like, you cannot be around me. I do not want that energetic vibe in yeah. my home entering my body. And I didn't care if people thought I was rude because at that point I was in a state of like, you know, survival of the fittest. Mm-hmm. So, That was the biggest game changer circling back around to the question you asked me about, you know, wanting to die and then the fear of death being in my face. I had to, I think I overcame that with when I was challenged to figure out how to feel alive in my life. Wow. So having fought off stage four cancer, you earn official warrior status. And what does life look like now compared to before that diagnosis and what have the most valuable lessons been? So even that statement bothers me when people like you're a survivor, you're a warrior. And I'm like, but what happens to all the people who didn't make it? What happens Mm. to the people who quote unquote fought, but their battle, you know, their journey was just over. Yeah. So for me, it's, I feel like I didn't win a race, right? I didn't win like an award and warrior. Yes. Do I see myself that way? No. Do people call me that? Yes. My husband's like, you're just made of this like weird ability. And I'm like, yeah, but when you go through the trenches, you figure shit out and that's what creates resiliency. Mm -hmm. And you really figure out what you're made of in those darkest moments. So in that moment, I think, Okay, did I survive this because, and I totally forgot what your question was, so I'll answer this and then you can ask me again. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But like, did I survive this because I fought it or did I survive this because that was part of the bigger picture? That's part of like my purpose, my spiritual script. I don't know. So I just keep showing up every day and realize that there is this immense vulnerability that 
you know, time is our greatest resource. And I feel like a lot of women, especially parents, are utilizing it as an excuse Mm -hmm. to play small until their children are older and then learning how to live and figuring it out and then realizing it's too late. Right, right. I totally agree. So first of all, I really appreciate your feedback on like that whole framing around being a warrior. That's so interesting and powerful. And I always appreciate people like letting me know their perspective on things and calling out words and terms that maybe don't feel good to them. So thanks for that. So my question was about your most valuable lessons and which you have definitely, you know, you touched on a little bit already, but you know, how do you compare like life before where you were, you know, ignoring your health, maybe not listening to your body or not maybe following your intuition as much. And then what's life like now knowing what you know and having been through that? Mm, I'm like, it's completely different. Like, Everything that used to feel black is now white. Like everything that was hard is now easy. And when I'm working with women in my coaching, I'm like, I'm literally rewiring your brain. Everything that you feel you need to do, you need to be doing the opposite. So there's a concept that I teach called energetic time management. And it's about managing your energy and not your time. Everyone can create that, you know, thousand item to do list, right? And be like, Oh, I have an extra few minutes. I'll just get it done. Get it done. I'm like, how do you want to feel every day? Start creating your life in alignment with that. Who cares if the laundry is not perfect? Who cares if your kitchen is messy? Hire somebody to do that. If you can't hire somebody to do that, like spend less on crap that you don't need and prioritize you know, hiring somebody, buy less stuff. Like there's just so much, right? But one of the things, I'll give you an example of a story. So when I'm teaching this concept, I always say, put yourself on the calendar first. People are aware of this. This is not rocket science, right? Put your oxygen mask on first. Everyone tells you this. So this morning I'm doing my thing. I'm like, I have a few hours in the morning. It was more of like a slow morning. A few years ago, five years ago, that would have been painful for me, right? Like, (laughs) I need to fill this space in with a whole bunch of crap. But my thought process went to there's no high leverage action that needs to get done. Like nothing is an emergency to me anymore Mm -hmm. because I'm not living in a state of survival mode. I'm more in like this momentum or thrival state in my life because I keep taking the action rather than when things are good and I just stop those habits. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, You'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. 
When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. So I'm like, I need to work out. I want to work out. I love working out. You know, before my goal would be, I want the nice butt. I want to look in a bathing suit. That's how they market it to you, right? Right. Now I'm like, how do I want to feel? I want to feel strong in my body. I want to feel strong in my mind. Yes, I could say no to working out. It's not that big of a deal. I can literally just work out at home for 20 minutes. And what that's going to do is generate, I'm managing my energy, Why am I managing my energy so that when my kids come home from school or my son who's upstairs, who's been puking for the last two days, I can be present for him and still get work done or still move out through my day. So when I'm working out, I'm not working out to work out to get a nice butt. That is just the side effect of it. But I'm doing it to generate energy Mm -hmm. so that I can be present for my children so that when my son is literally heaving up chunks, (laughs) I I can be like, I got you, buddy, you know, and sit there and lie with him and kiss him and have a cloth on his face rather than going, oh, my God, you are such an inconvenience to me. I need to get work done right now. Like I can show up with a different energy. And when I figured that out and yes, I had to work through the resistance of that. But when I started doing the things that people are like, I don't have time to do that. And I started doing all the things that I didn't have time for. My soul was full. And when my soul was full, I was able to be present in my life. And it's definitely not 100% perfect all the time. I still do lose my shit sometimes. (laughs) But the point is, when I do lose my mind or I feel off, I know exactly why. And then I can just kind of hit a restart button and start the process all over again. I love that so much. And I love the idea of your soul being full. And my new obsession is going to be energy management over time management, because I think that makes so much sense. And that's like terminology on something that I have spent a lot of time thinking about, but haven't been able to like put in a, in like the right terminology or phrasing. And that's so perfect. And I definitely agree. I think that that a lot of that happened for me after I had my son and I have a background. I've been in the fitness industry for the last 16 years. I just recently moved out of that completely. But before I had my son, like working out was like, well, how many calories and how many minutes and how many blah, blah, blah was I in the zone and all these things. Mm -hmm. And then after he was born, it was like, no, like I just need to like be sane and like calories are not even a part of this (laughs) and really, really shifted. And it was completely energy man for the purpose of energy management was like the only reason I could exercise because I mean, especially that first year, like motherhood was just so hard and Mm -hmm. the only way I could get through it and feel good about my life was to do like maybe seven minutes of exercise in the morning. 
Yeah. And it's interesting because I'm such a like workhorse, right? Like a power, like go, 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 go. That's just my personality. And I had a personal trainer at CrossFit who was like, you need to operate at 70%. And I was like, 70%? No, you know, go big or go home. And he's like, no, 70% is consistent and it's sustainable to do it on a daily basis. If you give me 100 or 110% today, you're going to be out for three or four days. And I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. So I'm like, well, this is easy, right? Just show up, do those 20 minutes, do whatever you need to do, and then move on. And if you do it consistently, it's it's the law of momentum, right? right. Or the compound effect. Right. It's like, just show up every day, even if you're like, okay, I meditated today for one minute. I sat in my car before I got in the house and I wrote in my journal for two seconds, like start somewhere. Mm-hmm. I have been in, th- in and out of physical therapy for the last year for my first my left knee and then my right knee and then my back and then my hip. And when I'm in physical therapy, it's like this joke about how hard I try in physical therapy. And they're like, we just want you to do these like tiny little exercises that really like you're not trying to do like the biggest move of your life here and fire every muscle in your body at one time. But I'm like, but I'm type A, like, that's the only way I know how to operate is to be like, how can I do this like over the top perfectly and contract everything in my whole body at once? (laughs) And my physical therapist, they're like, yeah, so that's how we got to this point. Like, that's how we got to the point that you have broken your entire body because Mm -hmm. you're always trying to like get the A plus and in physical therapy, we want you to like just squeeze one tiny little butt muscle at a time (laughs) and turn it on like 30 to 40%. And I'm like, no, like I want to squeeze my whole butt all the way. Yeah. 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 I'm like, guys, most of the women that I attract and work with are those like go getters. And I'm like, the issue is not success for you. (laughs) Like you will achieve anything you desire, but the fact that you can do it like burnt out. Oh my gosh. Imagine what you can accomplish in your life feeling fully energized. Right. right yeah. So right. I'm like, we need to slow down to speed up. And they're like, oh my God, this is so uncomfortable. I'm like, oh. and that's why you're here. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So yeah. you've touched on this a little bit and I want to dig a little in- more into it on your process of survival into momentum, into thrival, into creative abundance. Can you talk us through that? Yeah. So imagine, since you're listening on a podcast, imagine like a triangle. And every time I try to visualize this for people, I'm like, I forget my shapes. So imagine a triangle, just like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? The bottom base of the triangle, you have survival mode. And then the next layer, it's like a layer of a cake. The next layer is momentum. And then the layer after that is what I call like a thrival state. And then you have like this creative abundance. So most women, what I would say, are living in a thrival state, right? Like day to day putting out fires. You see them everywhere, right? Right. You're out in public. You're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, just, you know, get home alive, whatever. (sighs) And then what happens is you create some momentum in your life. And there will be these glass ceilings with every new level that you achieve. So sometimes people come to me and they're like, Heather, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm yelling all the time. I, I'm i burnt out. Like our bank accounts are low, but we make good money. I have no idea how to get out of this. So we start implementing some habits and shifts and change. They create momentum. They're like, oh, I'm getting relief now, right? Like I can feel this. I'm like, great. 
don't stop. You got to keep going, right? Like you operate at that 60, 70%. Don't burn yourself out here and try to be like overload. But then you get to this thrival state where you can be like, okay, I still have small children. My bank account is improving. My health is improving. And now all of a sudden I have this mental space to dream, like to dream bigger. What else? What more do I want? And that's where women start to say, I want to make a bigger impact. Or I want to like give back and they mean it from a full place, not obligation, right? Like, oh, I should volunteer. I should donate. I should do this. And then this creative abundance is somewhere I kind of, I think sometimes I jump into it and then I jump back out of it. And this is like beyond, right? Like I'm writing a book. So I'm like jumping in and out of the state of where I love it. And then I hate it. And I love it and I hate it. <laughs> but you can be in like a thrival state in money. But then you could be in a survival state with your mindset, like with your money mindset, right? Like I know a lot of people like I make so much money. I have it all in the bank account, but I have a lack mindset and I feel like I'm going to lose it all. Or people who don't have a lot of money in their bank account, but yet they have this abundant mindset. So you can different areas of your life. You could be great in your marriage, but, you know, shitty and taking care of yourself or you know, great in all aspects of your life. But then parenting is just driving you nuts because your child is really calling you to show up in a bigger way. So there's, you can jump in and out of different states at a time. But for me, it's like, okay, if I can generate this energy, if I can constantly improve and become my best self in most areas of my life, you do not need to do all areas at once. If something happens in life, like life will happen to you, and all of a sudden I need to take three months off of work, I have that nest egg that I can, you know, that takes a while to save up, but I can rely on that. I can sleep at night, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody gets sick, like that's we're protected or we have that. So life will always happen. It's just like, how can I create more and generate more to do that? And to get there, you have to work through a lot of belief systems. Like, how do I think about myself? How do I see the world? You know, what are the stories that I tell myself about parenting and my relationships and women and money, right? Like, what are the stories I tell myself about making money in my business and being very successful and Yeah, you commit to the journey. I'm like, this is a lifestyle for me now. And I'm committed to becoming my best self. And it won't happen in a six month coaching program. (laughs) You know, it's a kickstart. And it's an evolution. And you're constantly seeking and growing and changing. Right, right. So I want for our listeners, I want you all to think about what areas of your and I appreciate that you pointed out that in different areas of your life, you'll be in different phases. And so think about where are you in survival? Where are you in momentum? Where are you in thrival? And where are you in creative abundance? And then like, where would you like to see shifts happening and start to think about working in those areas in that direction. I think that's really powerful. I want to shift gears a little bit for our last few minutes and talk about, I know you obviously do so much mindset work with women and with moms. Talk a little bit about the mindset work that you help moms use with their children, because I think this is really powerful. I say as the mom of an anxious child who left for school crying this morning. Mm -hmm. Um, So talk about that a little bit. Okay. There's something called the drama triangle and I don't know the guy's name. So I feel like I need to give him credit, but I can't because I don't know his (laughs) name right now. So this is not my thing. Just look up drama triangle. And there's also the empowered triangle or something where it's almost the opposite. Mm -hmm. So in the drama triangle, you have the rescuer, the persecutor and the victim. And then we will bounce from one to the other, right? Like as a mom, 
oh, I'm rescuing him. Now I'm going to persecute him. Now, like, I'm going to be the victim of the circumstances because my child, right? So let's just take my son as an example, coming home sick. I'm going to act as the victim because he is now wasting my time and ruining my schedule. I'm going to persecute him mentally in my head and be like, this is all your fault. And then I'm going to try to rescue him and fix him and make him better and rub essential oils all over his body and make him every meal and be his you know, servant. And then I'm going to be angry and resentful. And I'm in this drama triangle. With children with anxiety, it's the same thing. You know, we take on their emotion like, oh, my gosh, I've caused this anxiety. It's because of me. It's because I didn't eat enough. I don't know, whatever, when they were in the womb or I yelled that one time at night and all of these crazy things. (laughs) But what we can do to get out of the drama triangle, the mindset shift is the empowered triangle. And I'm going to screw it up because I don't have it in front of me. But let's just say the victim is you're the creator. So if you're not in the drama triangle or your child is, so your child is being a victim, doesn't have to be to anxiety, but let's just say my kids do this to me all the time. Like you're mean because you didn't buy me all the toys that I want. (laughs) And on the other side, my 13 year old says this, like, you need to buy me this. You need to buy me that. And I was like, you're very capable of cutting grass or picking up dog poop and making that $20 that you want to make to go to the movies with your friend. So how can you? So I become the coach, right? And I'm not taking that on. So mindset is I see parenting as we are, we are our children's life coach. Like we are coaching them. We are guiding them. We don't need to do for them all the time. It's different when you have a toddler and you're like, I need to put your shoes on. I need to physically feed you. I need to protect you and make sure that you're safe. But as they grow older, we need to start letting go of some of this. And that causes what I, you know, this whole conversation about grief and motherhood and realizing that our children are growing up. So with a child with anxiety, like these big emotions that come up, it's like, where do I intervene and teach my child something? Where do I let my child go out into the world and experience discomfort and pain and to learn that resiliency? So I'm a huge fan of meditation and mindfulness. And this is totally another, literally probably another podcast conversation that we could have. But that's how I got into all of this. Because my son, my oldest, when he was four or five, I didn't understand his big emotions. So what I did was I taught him meditation. I was like, you need to calm down because I can't handle your big emotions. Mm. And the truth was I couldn't handle my own big emotions. So now I can sit, cook dinner, sing a song, dance to music. And my child is having an epic meltdown. And I'm like, I see you. I understand you. I love you. You are welcome to have a meltdown here. Nobody's bothered by it. Or if it is like detrimental to other people, I'm going to like slowly, nicely try to get you to go have your own space. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so much more to this, but realizing that we are not responsible for our children's emotions Mm -hmm. and reactions and that honestly doing this work for almost eight years now, I look back and go, we are the parenting strategy that we've been looking for that your children, like if you don't know how to manage your own anxiety or anger, how are you supposed to feel in control 
to know how to help your child or guide them at all. And then realizing that I can meditate all I want and my son might look at me and go, you're cuckoo. I'm not doing that. And that's okay. But as long as I've planted a seed, maybe one day when I'm not looking, he might, you know, turn on an app or just sit in silence or whatever. So it's a process, but we have to really look on like, whose energy am I carrying that isn't mine to hold? It's not actually saving the world. You're just carrying extra crap. That's not yours. Oh, that's such a powerful reminder. Something that I think, I mean, I do not always embrace that. I definitely carry my kids emotions. So that was really, really helpful. Okay. So I know we're out of time and we have touched on so many amazing, powerful things here and I'm so grateful. So can you tell people if they have more questions or they want to connect with you in other bigger, deeper ways, where can we find you? Yes. So definitely the podcast is the number one place to go. So it's called mom is in control or check out my website. I have lots of freebies on my website as well, just to help you like get started with some of the concepts that I was talking about. So just go to my website, heatherchauvin.com. Last name is spelled C-H-A-U-V-I-N. And that's the best way to find me and know where to connect. Awesome. Okay. I will have everything linked up in the show notes over at shamelessmom.com. And Heather, thank you so much for being here and sharing so much gold with us today. It means so much to me. And I know that you've really impacted other shameless moms journeys in just this short amount of time. So I really, really appreciate you. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly.
If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.